Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com calling in live this week from beautiful, sunny Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We have my co-host, Jack Humphrey, the Associate Dean at Directions University, calling in from Richmond, Indiana. Hello, Jack. Hello. We've got a good one today. We do, but I don't know where he is. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I will speak for Tom Bell if I have to, but I don't think he's going to like it if I do. Too funny. I'm going to go see if I can reach him on the phone. So you keep talking while I do. I'll be back in a minute. All right. So, man, oh, man, a lot of good stuff going on this week. Um, Hopefully everybody checked out my blog post at jackhumphrey.com. Just click on the latest one, talking about deep leverage, um, something that – Gina and I do, something I learned from Gina, uh, after years of doing leverage the way I thought leverage should be done, I found out there's a more powerful way to do it and a more powerful way to think about your business and, uh, and how you get results. And so I can set that up by saying this. If you think that all anybody's really doing out there to generate traffic and get new leads and customers is all the basic stuff that everybody talks about and what it feels like everybody's doing. They're out on Facebook. They're out on different social channels. They're paying for uh, boosting their posts. They're paying for ads. They're doing joint ventures like you mail for me, I'll mail for you, all of that stuff. If that's what you think marketing is, if that's what you think everybody else is doing, um, in a way you'd be right because that's what most people know about. That's all they know. But there's a group of people who are doing things in a far, far different way. And that's what I discuss in the article on deep leverage at jackcomfrey.com. So check it out, please, because I think it's going to really, really help a lot of people to understand there's, there's some really cool stuff going on. And, uh, again, I give Gina full credit for uh, what, I, what I expose in the article because I really refined what I know about leverage when I started working with her. And so if you want to know how somebody becomes the JV queen and who is able to pay off $40,000 a month in medical bills, I mean, you know, to stay alive, uh, you got to develop something a little bit more meaty and a little bit something you can sink your teeth into a little bit more than what everybody seems to be doing out there. And uh, then finally, the general idea that uh, all, if you think you're doing what you need to be doing for your company to get more clients, to get more sales, is just what everybody else seems to be doing, then you're making a mistake. And you really need to know what people are doing to apply leverage, a smaller portion of people, and uh, than than the whole. But it's a but it's a it's a night and day difference between what you know you might be doing right now and the results that you could be getting with your business. One little article on a well, blog. Can you believe it? Jack, guess who I found? Where was he? He was trying <laughs> Where to get in. Where did you find him? Was he at Subway? <laughs> He's trying hard to get in. Hello, Tom Bell. Well, now, where did he go? Hang on. Uh, I had him. Rupert. Let's go get him back. Hang on. <laughs> it's hard to fit a whole Tom Bell into your show. So he's probably just trying to squeeze into Traffic Masters right now. Tom Bell is a big man. Not a big man, but a large 
persona. If you see him in the wild, you don't want to look a Tom Bell in the eyes directly. He sees it as a challenge. He will protect his cubs. I really I'm have him this time, for sure. He's not <laughs> a figment. Yeah, there he is. Hey, Tom. Hey, is this Jack? This is Jack. How you doing? I am good. How are you two? I'm so excited about having great. you here. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Let me get the official introduction out of the way, and then we can get down to real business, all right? Perfect. (laughs) So I don't know how many people on this, uh, listening to this now, don't know who Tom Bell is, but I'm going to go ahead and give an introduction for the four people left that don't. Tom has seen it all in his 48 years, everything from having to eat from dumpsters as a homeless man on the streets of New York, to earning millions and dining with diplomats on G7 summits in Beijing. Often called upon by the top gurus for marketing advice, Tom has never been in a niche he didn't dominate. I can attest to that. Earning over $120 million over the years with his offers, at last count, his paid book buyer count was north of 1.4 million buyers, and he's overseen about that many clicks over the years, except you need to add three zeros to that. It's actually $1.5 billion with a capital B and still counting. If you were to ask him how he did it, he might not even be able to say he made over $2 million online before buying a single training manual. He writes all his sales copy, his own sales copy, and designs some truly unique sales processes. In short, Tom is a very good guy to listen to if your goal is to make money online. Now, Tom, you must live up to all of this hype. Welcome. Oh, God, that's going to be tough. It's, it's a good thing that most of that was true. <laughs> yeah, I embellished a little. I, I, you can look Tom in the eye. He won't. He doesn't see that as a challenge. That's the part that I lied about. <laughs> Jack, have you ever heard the story of how Tom Bell got started in marketing? I sort of have, but it's been a long time. I think I need a refresher. Let's do that. Would you wow, mind sharing that, Tom? No, there's there's actually there's uh, I'll give you the the prehistoric version. How about that? That one might That'd be new. That'd be awesome. Okay, I, Gina, we haven't we haven't run into each other in a few years, uh, but this memory only came back uh, about two years ago, and I was on the on the streets, homeless in New York City, and I had my dog with me, and I I remembered back then I didn't even put this together until lately, uh, I had a homeless sign because, you know, I, I was begging for money on the sidewalk on 33rd Street. And and it occurred to me that each day I would write a new sign for homeless and, and I would, you know, test which sign would bring me more money. So, yeah, I was split testing <laughs> homeless signs back in when I was 19, 20 years old. Wow. But, uh, yeah. It went from there to uh, uh, eBay, and so one day, uh, oh, I guess it was in 1996, I was selling toy toy helicopters in Indiana, and it started raining on my toy helicopter. So I turned to the person next to me and said, you know what, I quit. I'm starting an Internet company. Now, the neat thing about that was I didn't own a computer. I didn't know how to use a computer. Um so I, I went out and bought a computer, and I was experienced with the flea market business. So I said, where's the flea market on the Internet? And that was, of course, eBay. And serious flea marketers always buy the most expensive spot they can find, so that would be featured auctions. And I didn't know the first thing about anything, but I did see that, I mean, back then you could look at all of eBay on a single search. It was still small enough that you could do that. So I looked for all the featured auctions, and then I looked for something called Dutch auctions, which I'm not even sure if they do those anymore, where they're selling multiple of, of, of an item, and that ruled out you know, grandma's wedding ring. So it, it had to be something that somebody had a lot of. And there were, you know, there were people selling, you know, large amounts of things. So I took out everything but the auctions that were ending today. And that told me 
you know, what the final price, what the real value of an item was. And that left thousands of items. And then I looked for things that I knew I could find wholesale. Because I was in the flea market business, I, you know, I had connections in China. So it, it boiled down to a, a product called the cell phone antenna booster. And it was just, it was just science. I was seeing what was selling. And that yielded me a list of, I believe it was 12 different vendors successfully selling this one product, this cell phone antenna booster. And I think the miracle of all miracles was this one idea, is on this list of 12, there was somebody selling, there was a number one, and there was a number 12 on this list. So I wrote my auction, or, or my sales letter, if you will, and I said more of what number one said and less of what number 12 said. And to make a long story very short, we did $600,000 in four months. Wow. It was, it was a lot of fun. Nice. I remember those things. Great You'd stick them on story. the inside or outside of the phone. Uh, yeah, when everybody was talking about radiation sickness from your phone. <laughs> yep, yep. And, you know, looking back on it, you know, we can we can joke around and say, look, it was a sticker. I got, at one point I got a, a long letter from a guy in the uh, Army Corps of Engineers explaining in great detail why and how that thing worked. I had no idea. And eventually, oh, that's great. I, was, I you thought had, you were going to say he was going to explain in detail why it didn't work. So that's awesome that, uh, yeah, somebody would take the time to do that. That's cool. And eventually, yeah. you got into a business selling a little ebook about how to get grants from the U.S. government. And oh, yeah. In the, in the process of doing that, you started doing something very unique that you call gateway pages. I want to tell oh, that story because I really want to talk about the gateway pages. Perfect, <clears throat> Gina. I want to. I want to do a satire on the marketing industry. Are you ready? Oh, that would be awesome. It's so cool because you know most people you know are cynical and they figure that that you know you know how the 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 actors go around and and pitch their movie when it first comes out. Yep. I can promise. I can promise to all the callers that Gina nor Jack has any idea what's about to get said. But it's 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 cool and ironic. Because I'm gonna talk about what we did then and then I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. It's coming back. It's coming back very soon. So what we did back then was a lot of people may not be old enough to remember this guy, but but Jack and Gina, do, do we all remember the, the uh, Matthew Lesko, the guy with the question marks on his suit? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if you're responsible for him now, <laughs> and and unleashing no, him on the no. world. There's a there's a little story behind him. He he at the time he was the second most recognizable char- marketing character in the world behind Ronald McDonald. Uh, oh, and wow. we locked him out of the internet for six years. While we were there, he couldn't he couldn't even get on the internet to sell his books. Uh, but we sold a book called uh, the Today I Can Grant Guide, and we sold it successfully at first. And then I was on the phone with it. I mean, we made our first two million before uh, you know. I figured I better buy a book and get better at this marketing thing. The first book that we bought, and I won't mention the guy, but he was popular. Uh, and I took his advice, and it cut my conversion in half. So then we bought, uh, bought a book by Marlon Sanders, and, and that helped. And Marlon and I are good friends now. So I was on the phone with another consultant, and, and he shows me this new newfangled website where they ask for people's email address right there on the website. It wasn't even a landing page then. Um, and, and I said, you know what, that's a good idea. I'm going to ask for people's names and make a special page just for to collect that email address. And the consultant said, uh, that's not possible. It's, it's impossible to do that. So I had my coder, you know, 
come up with this tiny little page that asks people for their name and their email address. And uh, and then I showed it to the consultant, and he was shocked. And then I said, you know, now we're going to put that name on the sales letter that comes after the landing page. So instead of, hello, friend, um, it turned into, hello, Gina, doubled our conversions. So that w- and that was the birth of, you know, as nearly as I know, the, the modern landing page. So a couple of weeks later, we said, well, we're selling grants, and, and a lot of people want grants for different reasons. So why don't we ask them why they want a grant on the, the landing page or the gateway page, as we called it back then, and then customize the sales letter based on their answer? And again, the consultant said, well, that's not possible either. Well, a week later, we we did it, and... Um, we doubled our conversions again. So a four-fold increase in conversions when you're selling seven or 800 units a day is a really, really good thing. <laughs> so in a nutshell, we back in 90, I think it was 97 or 98, we were customizing the, the uh, sales letters based on answers that people gave on the landing page. And the bombshell that, that about three people in the world know now is we're, we're building some software to do that again, except we're going to do it in a uh, in a new uh, field that's evolved since 1996 or 97. You know, video. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So you heard it here first. Custom VSLs that call you out by name. Awesome. Well, the reason that Tom and I even know one another as well as we do, Jack, is several years ago, as I was still a JV broker back then, Tom came out with a product called Gateway Magic, and it was the first derivation of software that made it possible for people to create gateway pages so that they could ask for a name, an email address, and then an answer to a simple survey question. We were seeing people using Gateway Magic that were getting 3,000% improvement in their bottom line. I mean, the numbers were wow. crazy, weren't they, Tom? Yeah. And, and you know what blows my mind, Gina? It, I mean, the, the evolution of the Internet is, I mean, back in, in 96, 97, they weren't even calling some of these, uh, you know, companies CPA networks. Well, they weren't calling any of them CPA networks. Right. Um, and between ninety, say ninety seven and two thousand and two, people were making money so fast that everybody stopped using Gateway, including me. Yeah. And I really haven't seen I really haven't seen custom sales pages, uh, you know, in a in a big way. I haven't seen it since I did it. I mean, there's been people using it, but you know, we've kind of walked away from it for a while. I think. I think so too. I've been looking. Well, I remember well, Evan Payton came out with something in the mid two thousands, and and everybody thought because nobody remembered, you know, at that point, or, or a lot of people didn't remember. There was a bunch of new people on the web since you did it that he was creating fire, that he would, sh- you know, show us how to make these landing pages that, depending on all of their answers. Um, and it would get all chunked out in the sales letter. It was kind of a nice little system. And I think a lot of people would probably, if they remember back that far, would say, no, no, Evan Pagan's the one who invented this. But everything is so in- cyclical in this business. And, and also the other thing is we get tired of things really quick. And that should never have stopped being used. That should never have fallen out of favor because what's more appealing today in this world than when you install an app on your phone and it addresses you. It addresses your situation. It keeps track of your stuff. If you Just simple things like playing a game. When you log back in, it knows where you were, and it says hello, and it has your username, and it's all this really comfortable stuff that it knows me. It knows where I am in the world now with GPS and <laughs> location services. And, and We know that we like that. We know people really, really like that. But if you go to a typical gateway page now, it's give me your name and email, and I'm going to talk to you as a generic nobody. 
And that's that's 99.9%, including a lot of our stuff. We don't have any of that kind of customization. And I'm just as puzzled as you. Why? Why don't we use the stuff that did those incredible things like 3,000% increase in conversion? And uh, and since nobody's doing it, it's just like the old days when nobody was doing it then. And then you were. I agree. And, you know, I do have a conspiracy theory about it. I think Good, it was 99 I, I, I really, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but the more I think about it, it might be real. I think it was 1999 when Microsoft released uh, their version of Office with that damned paperclip that claimed to oh, know you. Oh, God. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they used to have websites. Back when websites were hard to build, they used to have hate websites for that paperclip, the animated <laughs> thing. Yeah. But I, you know, I think I think that that the web is evolving now. To you could you could send out uh, you know millions of emails, and you could make money just so easy that that technology wasn't as important. But but today it's all about the relationship. If you're not serving people prior to earning money from them, you're not going to last very long. And I, I think that there's a fine line. Like, uh, I think it was 2009 that Zuckerberg, uh, when he started uh, really customizing people's Facebook, uh, there was a backlash because, you know, people are concerned about privacy. I, I mean, if we were a total stranger and, you know, I, I, I named your dog by name in an ad and, and I, you know, said some personal things that you didn't tell me, then it would be creepy. And it would still be creepy today. But mm-hmm. we, we live in a different age of, of permission now. And I think that the key is going to be, it's, just, it's going back to the 90s. We can ask them questions on a survey and then personalize their experience because they're not going to wonder where the information came from. Yeah. God, I just had and, a And, you know, thought. we can add in... Yeah, and and we can add in some some things that are commonly available. Like one of the first things that we're going to do with this with this new version is we're going to customize the letter based on time of day of the service of the page. Like I can customize the copy now um and say, you know, Gina, look, I know it's 3 in the morning, but even now we can blah blah blah. And that's as easy as looking at the clock. Yeah. So it's going to be fun, this new this new way of doing it, I think. Wow. You know, I didn't even think about the fact that somebody someday is going to, or maybe has already, uh, just force everybody to log in with Facebook and then have the permissions set because everybody's pretty much used to seeing that thing. This thing is going to allow this thing to talk to your page or whatever and there's a list of things and people are so used to doing that might as well add another thing it's I'm going to look at your Facebook profile and pull out all this data that we're going to use on the next page like your dog's name like the last trip you took <laughs> or anything else I mean someday somebody's going to do that and because what, what I was thinking was we don't have that data when we're bringing people we know we brought them from a, a social site or, or Google or somewhere else. We know very, very little information. We have to ask them ahead of time on the gateway page, landing page, everything that we're going to use on that next page. But someday I think somebody, and maybe we should just erase this and go ahead and develop it and not and pretend like we never had this conversation because Facebook has all the data on everybody, has it all. And so, there's got to be a way. Hey, Jack, this is Jan. This, and by the hey. way, Tom, this has been amazing. I'm like, okay, you're not just the grandfather of internet marketing. <laughs> Tom you're like, you're the like internet. the guy, you know, you're like the guy behind the curtain. And and so I'm really getting into this. But this is what occurred to me as y'all are talking. You see, the only reason that stuff works on places like Facebook and G Plus and Amazon and all that is because those huge brands have huge authority and trust factor. And when you move on to a smaller site, it, it it's less of a trust factor. And what we're seeing is this huge, um, you know, mixing happening out in the marketing world. 
you know, because you're right. You know, I cringe every time I have to one of those things pops up and says that your phone is now going to, you know, be taken over by Facebook or whoever it is. I hate it every time, right? But you've yeah. got to want what they have so bad. Um, and, of course, by the same token, lots and lots of people are just as turned off by that. So when they come to a regular page, they're a little, I think, even more suspicious about, uh, I don't know that I want you to know this stuff. So there, there is that, and this made me think of what Tom was talking about at the beginning, if you do it in a way that makes sense to the person going through the process and it fills their need at the moment and you build up trust, it works great. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. skip any and, of those uh, little yeah. steps, it's a it's a bomb. So I'd love to hear you talk sure. about, you know, how you're doing that because I think absolutely people want the personalization. They want you to take save them time and energy. Sure, and I'll give you a great example. In the scheme of things, um, I would say, just for a technical definition, that Frank Kern is worth one-tenth of one percent of what Mark Zuckerberg is worth. Would you say that that's fair? Mm-hmm. Or, or or a percentage. Let's say it's one percent. Frank's, you know, doing pretty well. But in the scheme of things, he's, he's way, way smaller than Zuckerberg as far as uh, income and influence. Now, who on this call would say that they trust personally Mark Zuckerberg more than they trust Frank Kern personally? I know I wouldn't say that. I trust Frank better than Mark. Yeah, and absolutely. That's, that's sort of the point because we can build trust in our – and by the way, I predict the fall of Facebook for this very reason because people – because Mark – determines who and what we get to see on our own social network. And yes, it's our social network, not his. Um, as long as he decides what's important for us, that creeps me out. So yeah. if you use that example, because Frank was you know, kind of a universally liked guy, and he, and he deserves it, um, he has a relationship with us, you know, with us marketers. And I think you can do that on the micro level. So if somebody comes in and you're doing marketing right, so you're serving the needs of the customer, I mean, if you're not doing that, you need to hang up your hat and go home anyway. Technology's not going to help. So somebody comes right. in and you're serving their needs with free content or, or you know, valuable answers prior to the purchase, you can ask for, you know, you can ask for their name. You can intentionally delay asking for their email because the email is so much less important today than the relationship is. So, yeah, I think you can build a, uh, the beginnings of a trusting relationship, at least enough to know, at least enough to ask for some data. And every test I've ever done, and, and, and that whole having the name on the page, here's the good news, it hasn't weakened. It will always improve your results. There's no there's no case yeah. where having the name on the page doesn't improve results. And if if you're engaging them in a survey, I've all, I, I mean I had a here's a, a war story. I did a, a straight up test against I'll use some industry terms, but I'll I'll uh, define them. A single panel three field page is is basically what everybody knows as a landing page. You know, name, email, and city, let's say. So that's three fields on a single panel. So we did a test with a single panel, three field, and a nine panel, 21 field uh, page. So that was a full-on survey. Not only did we get better data, but we got more, more clicks, more response from the click. So that thing outperformed the plain old landing page on all fronts. Because today, people like to be engaged. You know, they want to talk about themselves. So, yeah, I think I think as long as we're doing what we're supposed to be doing anyway when it comes to marketing and serving the customers, I think the relate, you know, pulling enough data from the customer is, is going to be doable. And then it opens up... Uh, uh, 
you know, if we make the, the argument with the customer, look, you're going to be marketed to one way or the other. We both know it. So if you click yes on this app, you know, and allow us to pull your Facebook data, uh, we can customize your experience for you. I think that can be sold as a benefit where they where they knowingly allow us to pull data so that we can customize offers. Well, on its surface, it's understandable, but when you bring context in the equation, now, you know, I mean, what is their interest in the whole thing? You know, is it really, really strong? Is it moderate? Do they know how interested they should be in it? How aware of the problem you're trying to solve for them are they? And that directly dictates how much participation they're going to have in anything that you do, three fields, 21 fields, or, or whatever. And I was yeah. just thinking, you know, you were talking about the the uh, homeless split testing signs, and it just occurred mm. to me that I was working on a real-world photo myself back in the 90s. Uh, we were designing um, – most people have seen these over and underpasses on highways that they use for wildlife, Right seen pictures of them and, and seen, you know, maybe some live streaming cams that show bears and deer and raccoons and everything going through them. It was no problem to design for the people who were really, really willing. Like a bear, no problem. I'm the biggest thing in the woods. I'll go through this tunnel. Something very skittish like a deer, a prey species, or a cat who are always wanting to be elusive, bobcats, mountain lions. You can't get them into a funnel very easily. These are literally funnels. They start on the other side of the highway to to kind of uh, funnel them into the opening of either the overpass to go over the highway or under the highway. They put up fences and things like that. And uh, cats like to stay in incognito. So when we weren't able to get the biologists and the people that we were working with, when we realized we weren't able to get really skittish ones, the cats and the deer and the prey species, to take it you know, and do this, we had to figure out why. What makes them tick? What kind of context can we give them to make them feel safe in making the decision to go over or under this highway, but with the way that we created for them? So with cats, they always like cover. So we gave them cover. We put bushes and trees and all kinds of stuff so that they felt like they had a choice that they were hiding as they went through the funnel, that nobody could see them. Then, all of a sudden, the number of cats that go through these things skyrockets. And we're like, when? And I'm just now realizing after all of these decades, all of these years, that I was helping to build funnels in the real world like you were split testing uh, the signs. And, and it's always about context. So, you know, you've got your bears, you've got your true believers, your evangelists. They'll walk through any tunnel or go over any overpass. They're bold. They're, they're bullish on the future, <laughs> you know, and they'll do that. And then yeah. the other part of your market is people who, in the context that they understand you, who you are, might not be that good, they're going to need some cover. They're going to need some bushes. They're going to need some, you know, reassurance that they're in the right place to do the right thing. And that all comes down to copy and building that relationship and, and uh, the things that you're proving to them to make them feel safe. I can't believe we both came up – we both have that weird – uh, real world yeah, experience. I would but, buy that book, Jack. If there was a book, if there was a marketing book on that experiment or on that project, I'd buy it. Because yeah, that's fascinating. All right, I'll just I'll just write it for you. Maybe somebody else will want oh, it too. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. It, you know, Jack. I'll, I'll share the, I'll share this with you. Uh, I, I learned a profound uh, mark. Oh, I learned a profound life lesson from a cat and a dog once on the side of the road. And uh, I was in I was in Tampa and walking somewhere and I saw a cat and a dog getting ready to fight. And and it struck me what happened. It was it was like this giant life lesson for me because the cat you know, they were squared off with their shoulders hunched, you know, you could tell they were about to fight. And the cat kept backing up. He wasn't afraid. But he was backing up, like, in the seconds prior to the fight, and the dog was advancing forward. And and it, it occurred to me, I came up with this phrase back then, I called it personal pouncing distance. And because cats know they can jump further than dogs. So to get a tactical advantage, what's a cat going to do? He's going to back up. And I, trans I was on my way to a bar at the time, and I translated that to... Uh, you know, imagine a, a 
a vicious, belligerent drunk. What's he going to do prior to fighting? He's going to get right in your face. And because he knows he's powerless, he has a, a very small personal pouncing distance. The really, really dangerous guy is the guy in the back of the bar on his cell phone talking to six thugs. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just got this, this. I don't even know if it makes sense, but personal pouncing distance. I came up with that from Animal. CPD, well, I'm going to incorporate oh that into my next funnel. Well, see, that's so perfect because this goes right back to the kind of things that, you know, this is about all of us know this stuff in real life, right? Your personal space, whether you trust the one that's talking to you, all those things that we, all the cues that we read, you know, that we're the, our animal part of us, they know, okay, you know, this guy is not trustworthy or this person I'm, you know, he's getting too close to my space. And yet, as marketers, you know, there's a lot of talk about how to manipulate all this. But what I love is that you're just saying, no, we're not manipulating it. We're just looking at what is it that that person really needs and wants. Mm-hmm. How can we enhance yeah, their Yeah, we didn't experience. change who the mountain lions were. <laughs> yeah, We didn't change exactly. their agenda. You can't. You can't change a yeah. wild thing to do and act the way you want it to. And it's going to be a mountain lion. It's going to be a wolverine. It's going to be those things. And if you want to protect them, even if, they're better, if their nature is to walk in the direction of harm and we need to protect them, we can't treat them. We can't set them aside and say, look, I know you're a wolverine, but I need you to be a bear right now or you're going to get smashed by this car. He's still going to be a wolverine. He's probably going to bite you while you're trying to tell him that. So, yeah, I, I really love where it's going because I've always wanted to live in a world where the pressure wasn't on us as marketers to be so hardcore salesy. You know, and, and in the 2000s and late 90s, that's really where it came from. Who was the best salesperson and how do we measure that? Anybody who could bully somebody else into buying something, bullying them, making them feel bad, p- preying on uh, human nature to uh, kind of a, a sick degree, you know, uh, the, the, the evil uses of NLP. The, and the people lauded that. We gave those people trophies. We gave those people uh, standing ovations at marketing uh, conferences. But I never felt good about that, and I know most people around me never felt good about that because most people aren't like that. They aren't that kind of a bloodthirsty marketer. They need to have a little bit more balance in their life. They need to be able to know they're treating people well while they're making a good amount of money. And uh, and I love that yeah. it's going. In, I love that we're having more conversations like this. Yeah, and I think you know, I, I the short the short version, Jack, is you know I would have to stand up in that list. I mean, I sold good products, uh, and it, it was always in bad industries. You know, we went from there to you know we did another forty or fifty million selling business opportunity. Now all of our stuff always worked. But as time went by, this is why I quit three years ago. As time went by, you know, we had to be honest people in in a really slimy business. Uh, you know, there's 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 work from home, and you know, at the high end, you know, where where every launch you do is a million dollars, you're competing with some people who just are not afraid to lie. And I yeah. think I think the conversation needs to have two compartments. The one is is if you take all the technology away, is at your core, are you interested in making somebody's life better, right? And lots of people are, right? So so as long as that hurdle is overcome, and that's where I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm too old for kid stuff anymore. I, I have to help people. So, so if you're not helping people, you need to quit. It's just that simple. Uh, but then on the other, like on a whole other you know, stage, we're talking about techniques and technology, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, here's something that not a lot of people talk about. Marketers have a barrier, too. You know, it's, you know, go hug your favorite marketer because we have a problem. And that is, like, buyer's resistance or um, what's the word? It's, I don't know the word off the top of my head, but let's call it uh, momentum's uh, evil twin, the thing that key, that drives people to stay where they are, whether they're in the, it's that cat on the wrong side of the bridge, Jack. You know, mm-hmm. or, or or it's that cat 
that's been going across the road his whole life, he's going to go across the road today, even though the cars are going twice as fast. Right? He yep. is going to become roadkill if he keeps doing it the way he's been doing it. Right? But he has this primal drive to keep doing it the way he's been doing it. So we do have to use technology. And, and we, like, it, Jack, the perfect example with that bridge, right? That bridge was a piece of technology that was designed to help people, to help animals, right? right. And you had to use, right. te- you know, technological tricks to get them to cross it. So I think that that's the noble plate for, for you know, uh, improvement in selling. Because yeah. people's natural state is to stay where they are. And where they are usually isn't going to help them very much. Then they do it whether it, wow. even if they're miserable. <laughs> right? I mean, it, yeah. you would think that somebody who was miserable would do anything they could to change their state. And uh, and I did, but I don't know how long I put off the decision because of my m- wanting to keep the natural uh, way of things in order. Who knows how long I, you know, how much sooner I could have gotten started had I not been so timid. I, I don't know. I wasn't monitoring myself in that way that then that I know I do now. But it's absolutely true if you're, and and that's where it gets kind of dicey. I think the people's bad examples of this stuff is that. People who don't care about helping other people, and they just care about, uh, you know, purely just making money, they listen to these calls. They're listening right now. They're listening to all the webinars where these great tactics with the understanding that everybody here should want to help people and do good in the world with what they're doing and sell well. Um, those people, just they just are all around us, and they always are. And uh, they use these mm-hmm. techniques without regard. <laughs> but they're very, very, this is very, very powerful insight for everybody. Our main audience is a crowd that wants to do good by other people, wants to help people. And those are the only people we're talking to right now. Everybody else, that's your decision. Those are your things you'll have to live with the rest of your life. And, and uh, I encourage you one more time not to use this for evil <laughs> because this is extremely powerful right. stuff. I mean, I've 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 always looked at things uh, like from a holistic view. For I mean, one one kind of gritty way to put it is, if people didn't have base desires, if people didn't have you know, you know, dirty thoughts, we wouldn't have video on the internet. Let's face it, if porn wasn't driving right. video, video wouldn't have gotten developed. So you know, we uh, there's. Trust me, I'm not going to get into the porn good or bad debate, uh, but that it's there, uh, you know, drove it drove merchant it drove uh, online credit cards, it drove video. So, I guess I guess good things happen because people are are at their core good. So you know, sometimes mm-hmm. these naughty things drive technology for the rest of us. So that's cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, at the base, people are good. And, you know, I, I have a friend, Mike Albanese, who's a, uh, he's a debater. He's a, he's a very, very smart guy, and he loves to debate. And, you know, he made me defend that position, that people are basically good from a scientific standpoint. And I have, I have really one sentence that proves it. We evolved and lasted 50 million years. Any questions? <laughs> right? If we were out to get each yeah. other, it never would have happened. Um, so yeah, at the at the core, and and here's another thing. Here's another war story for you. I uh, I I had the good fortune uh, back in the oh, I guess it was the very early 2000s, 2001, 2002, where I got to turn down dinner with the president. And it, it was because I had a, a, a an opinion that they wanted, that they liked, and that was they were proposing an email tax at the time, and I agreed with it. Because they said they were going to get keep spam out of the inbox. Now we all know now that that would have been impossible. But right. uh, I boy, I was going somewhere. That's one of my that's one of my challenges with my ADD. I, I have a thought, and sometimes it just flies right out of my head. Well, I, I am now that I've said that why you turned them down. Well, it, it's still the we turned them right? down because yes, yeah. Well, really, I was probably just driven to uh, introduce that brag into a sentence. But uh, <laughs> they they 
they wanted uh, maybe if I tell that story it'll come back to me. But uh yeah, they wanted to take away um uh all the spam somehow and only allow one or two emails in the inbox that were commercial. And I looked at that and said it was a great idea. Um and it turned out, long story short, that the they had a deal with Excite, AOL, and it might have been Yahoo, but it was early days, so I don't even know if Yahoo was there yet. And it turned out that it wasn't the federal government, it was the party that was putting the deal together. And back then, I was a lot more liberal than I am today. Really, if somebody says Democrat or, or Republican to me, I correct them and say American instead. But uh, that's not to talk <laughs> politics. And you well, know what, I mean, guys? you've already I have done, no idea you've already done porn, and I'm just waiting for religion to come in for the trifecta. Uh, and then we will have a very oh, yeah. traffic masters. <laughs> well, it, you know what? Maybe I'll maybe I'll like consciously think my way out of not doing that one. But uh, <laughs> you know, no, I'll just say that my views aren't aren't they're they're in they're in the top three. How about that? There you um, go. But yeah, I'm sorry, guys. It's it's what you get when you talk to an ADD guy. Sometimes he just forgets entirely. But I, I you know, jump, I want to jump back in for a minute. I yeah. noticed on your Facebook profile that you are interested in speaking at the Impact event. I I I am. Yes. Well, good for you that you're talking to the head of the key influencers team then. Right? I did not know that. <laughs> now, Gina, here's a here's a fun war story that you'll remember. So, Gina had me speak at, at one of her events a while back, and I was so proud because I came and I was going to talk about one topic, and I got there and like I'm sort of known as a guy who does a lot of tests, like a lot of split testing. So, you remember what I did, Gina? I sure do. I handed out a slip of paper the day before I was supposed to speak, and I asked people what they wanted to hear about. So I split test. I split test the crowd, and it turns out they wanted to hear about something entirely different than what I wanted to talk about. So I talked about what they wanted to hear. And didn't really have an offer that worked for who the audience was and what it is they wanted to hear. So Tom miraculously made up an offer on the fly shortly before he got on the stage. And, man, he did so well in sales. So much better I think I might have been number one or number two. I think you were. (laughs) Yeah, and it was what they needed. It It really was. was. uh, I think it was, if I recall, it was network marketing. It 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 wasn't a network marketing event at all. And I don't even think the promoters knew that they, that they were that full with network marketers we in the crowd. We had no clue. We had huh. no clue. And Tom and I delivered and the, the program together. Yeah, and the people who bought, you know, I'd like to think they got what they, you know, they really got some help. I remember there were some nice uh, uh, success stories out of that. And you had an Android phone, Gina. I did. Gina, I think Gina was the only person in our community that had, like, Android version 1. <laughs> like, this was back in what, in 2008? Uh, 2007. It was a long time yeah, Gina had an Android, and, and it was called a Google phone at the time. I think it had just come out. I think I'd had that phone for less than two months at the time of the event. Yeah, and she was talking to it. And, you know, voice technology was very young back then, but it worked. It sure did. <laughs> anyway, she needed so a wheelbarrow to carry it on stage with off. her. But... <laughs> check your Facebook well, that when that? we get off because you are definitely invited to be a part of the social media and publicity team. And I am working on um, getting you the invite. Well, Gina, let's... Uh, uh, my, I'm being I'm making you know. I know that we're on a public call, but I'm working on this this custom tech. Maybe we can uh, uh, use some of it to help promote impact, and we can talk oh, about. Oh God, that. would that be amazing? Yeah, and I love Ken, so yeah, yeah, that, that'd be a lot of fun. There was a 
there was like a, a secret closed door meeting about six, seven years ago where where you know those those like sales pitches that say we gathered thirty of the top minds for a you know, closed door session that the public would never see. Yeah. Well, we really did one of those sessions, and the public never did see it. <laughs> and Ken was there. That's why I met nice. Sean Casey, actually. Oh wow! I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was maybe seven, eight years ago. Time flies, doesn't it? Wow. Really does. It does. Wow. Well, let's talk about your tech, since. Nobody in the world, you kind of leaked something in the very beginning of this call and and said that there's only three people or so that know about this thing. So I, I love to break news, and uh, and it's always good for business to do so. So tell us more about what you're working on. And I, what, I, what I picture is it's the culmination of a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about the whole day, which is, you know, the gateway to stuff, the behaviors, the, all of that kind of thing. You must have had an idea we're going to be bringing this stuff back, but only with video. Can you say any more? I can, and I'll, I'll let you in on a little. I don't know if you've heard any beeps uh, uh, on your end during the call, but no. I've gotten three different phone calls on my cell, which is currently held up to my ear, uh, and I suspect that one or more of them were from uh, partners. Uh, but l- let's let me say this: we've figured out a way to to make uh, to put lots of different variables into a live video. So so a, a sales pitch, let's say we're talking about dog food. And the sales pitch changes, uh, the, the video sales pitch changes from, hello, friend, you know, if you have a dog, we have really good dog food for you, right? That's the old way. The new way uh-huh. is, you know, hello, Gina. Uh, because you have a German shepherd, he has special needs. And we have the perfect dog food uh, for your German Shepherd, even if he's, you know, uh, you know, moves around a lot and you have a, a traveling lifestyle. Do you still travel a lot, Gina? We don't. We've been stationary for about four years. That shows how long it's been. On the road. Shows how long it's been since we've hung out. But the yep. the sentence the sentence can change to you know address the person we can talk we can talk about their specific dog in this example, and we can talk about how it relates to their specific area. And we can you know there's other stuff like like neat things like we can say, even though it's raining outside right now, this is a great time to get dog food because all we have to do is look at the National Weather Service. <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to be some fun stuff, yeah. And it, wow. we're going to have to work hard to to not have it be creepy, but we have some ways on how to do it. Well, and no matter what, somebody's going to make it creepy. You know, people are always pushing the limits, right? <laughs> so yeah, again, I think, use I think your own risk and do. at your own discretion. <laughs> yeah. See, I so think where do we find out more about point. that? Or, ba- or mainly, where where does everybody get into Tom Bell's circle of influence? What's the best place to go these days? Well, it's, I, I appreciate the question, and I'll, I'll answer them one by one. The software is, is at least two months away. Uh, it may show up as data on the impact event. Who knows? But uh, mm. uh, it's about two months away. My my personal email is um, uh, Inspector Profit at gmail.com. There's six ways to spell that. I have all six, but the main one is I-N-S-P-E-C-T-O-R-P-R-O-F-I-T at gmail. Um, and I guess here's here's what I do. Here's what I do for a living. Uh, I, there's no way to say this. All right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it the easy I'm going to take the easy way out. Gina... Which percentile would you say I am in this in the sales copy world? The top quarter of a percent. I'm glad somebody said it besides me. Uh, <laughs> I've written you know over a hundred million dollars worth of copy for myself, probably another fifty million for other people, and that's because I don't write as a, 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 a hired gun, but I have been doing that. So that's something that I do. I do business strategy and tactics. Um, 
uh, sort of a, a, a an expert at merchant processing relations, which at the high end is a pretty important skill. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's what I'm doing, and and I love to build businesses as a partner, so that I can be in a lot of different businesses. So, if there's anybody on the call that you know that's interested in any of that, uh, you have my email. And let me just awesome. add to that, Tom, if I could for a minute. You know, so much of what I teach today would not be what I teach today if it hadn't been for the lessons I learned about business and marketing from Tom Bell. Tom, you don't wow. even realize how much you have impacted just how I think about both business strategy and marketing. Your brilliance is just mind-boggling. So, guys, I really, I really invite you, inspectorprofit at gmail.com. Get into a conversation with Tom if you want to take your business to the next level. If you're just dabbling, don't waste your time. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm fairly Well, picture it this way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's not, it's not to say, you know, I know that the software thing will be something you'll want to talk about and lead people into a, a, a nice, gentle, and honest funnel for at that point. So that's why I said it. But I also mm-hmm. said it because I'm always trying to get people to think, if you were dropped in the middle of the wilderness and somebody walked by you and he really looked like he knew what he was doing, he had furs on his back, he knows how to trap, he knows how to get food, he looks like he's been there for quite a long time and you don't know anything, tomorrow you could be dead. You're going to track that guy. You're going to follow him around. I hope he doesn't turn around and kill you so you'll keep your distance but you're going to follow him and find out how he got the food, how he got that's who that's why I wanted to get people, you know, just somewhere around you so that they would follow up and go and just watch the Tom Bell in the wild. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. notice what he does, oh, notice God, what he thinks, Jack. notice the things that Yeah. Jack, I, I you you did it by accident. You remember uh, about 15 minutes ago where I t- I completely lost what I was going to say? Ah, yes. <laughs> It came It came back, and here it is. I, I don't know if we're going over on length, but uh, this was worth saying. We got, we this got was four minutes. Thing. Okay, it, it had to do with email, and here's what it was. I, I, I had the, the good fortune to be in Fiji uh, a few years ago, well, many years ago, at Tony Robbins' uh, private thing, and, and I, I got to sit down for an entire day with a full-out spammer. And now I've always been a, a, a First Amendment activist when it comes to email, because I've, I've, you know, managed the sending of over, you know, 1.5 billion emails. So I got into politics a little, because the, the Constitution guarantees us the right to communicate with people in an honest way. So that's that's opt-in email, and I really got to see how the spam business worked because I spent a day analyzing this guy's business so you know i got i got to see behind the curtain i knew his costs i knew what his problems were because i've never sent a single spam ever um but i got to see what this guy thinks about what he spends money on and at the time i was we were both grossing about the same amount of money me with my opt-in him with a spam and after I analyzed his entire business, it was very clear that I was more profitable and making more money by doing it right. And and I'll take that like okay, we're 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 getting to the end, so why don't some why doesn't somebody wrap it up? Oh, man, that's the thing. This is like the season finale of The Walking Dead or something. You're like, I've got go to wait till fall to find out what the hell it, happens. It'll still show okay. up in the recording. We can go over time and it'll still show up. So go ahead, get, uh, talk. Okay, so okay. so here it is. Uh, I, I mean, without bragging, I've I've been at the absolute top of CPA marketing. I've been at the absolute top of uh, ClickBank, uh, you know, the whole multi-million dollar launch crowd. And I can tell you with authority because I know that doing it right makes you more money. And if I have an extra minute, I'll, I'll give like a, a a weird story to prove it. Go for that's it. Not Absolutely, even, that's I love not even that internet marketing. Excellent. I, well, I used to be. You know, some people may may know that I used to be a cocaine addict when I was 20 years old, and I I I would go to these spots 
uh, you know, in New York City where they would have, you know, an M16 gun and an apartment. I mean, the whole thing you'd see on TV. Now, here's a business lesson that they should teach in Harvard. If you let's look at two guys. One guy is one. Is it going to keep going, Gina? After it's going to keep going. Okay. Yeah. So let's look at two guys in in the crack business, right? One guy is on the corner. He's selling fake crack out of vials that really is uh, ivory soap, and uh, and he's making a living. The other guy is in the apartment with the scale, and he's selling kilos at a time. So the guy that's selling the fake stuff, if you looked at it from a business standpoint, he has zero marginal costs. So whenever somebody gives him 20 bucks, he's really not spending any money because his stuff is fake. And you have the other guy who's selling wholesale. He's paying like 15000 a key, blah, blah, blah. He's only making about 10% margins because he's paying for the apartment, he's paying for the armed guards, he's paying for everything else. So he's only making 10%. Now, Jack and Gina, who do you think drives the BMW? The guy with the apartment. The 10%er. Right. And there's only one possible explanation for that. Repeat business. You don't buy soap twice. So in the biz op world, you can trick people. You can tr- trust me. I can write copy. I, I'm. I can. I can sell about anything. You Brilliant can trick story. people into buying once, <laughs> but you can't get them to buy twice. So if you sell quality products, even if your margins are lower, you make more money. That was the story. I've, I can't wait to write the headlines to tease this show on social media and everywhere else. I've got so much to work with, and I don't know which one to choose. That's the only problem. This is awesome stuff, man. Great. Well, both of you have my number. You know, give me a call of your work. I mean, and here's a secret, here's like a secret that would kill a career. I, I really like this stuff. So is that is that going to get you know clients to you know get me to do it for free? No, I still got bills to pay. But I really right. I really do this stuff for nothing, and I do. Anybody that's met me outside of a seminar will tell you. Yeah. 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 Tom just can't get enough of this stuff. Can't get enough of it, and that's why he's so good, right? He eats it, breathes it, sleeps it every day. He can't walk into a store without getting marketing lessons from the store. It's too funny. Or giving marketing <laughs> lessons to the store is usually more the case these days. Oh God, the uh, the the one last story because I can't help myself. Cialdini, who did the influence uh, book, did mm-hmm. a test with. Uh, he wanted to prove reciprocity, so the scientific test that he used was. He used waitresses in a restaurant, and they and, and it was mint. So the control was no mint, right? And for mu- for a month, the waitresses gave no mint to their customer, and they measured their tips. And then they had them give one mint, you know, with the check, and uh, and the, the the tips went up a little. And then they had them give one mint for each person at the table, and the tips went up a tiny little bit more. And then they had them give one mint and turn to walk away and then remember to give a mint to everybody else because they're special. Their tips doubled. And this wow. was over a month. So it's not it's not a fluke. It was a it was a thing. I can't tell you how many waitresses I've said that to and I've come back a month later, I've yet to find one that's done it. <laughs> they could double their tips. So easy, so easy. Yeah, and I mean, I don't. I've never waited tables, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure tips account for like all of your money, doesn't it? Yeah. Pretty much. So pretty any waitress much. could double their pay just from that. Well, guys, wow. if Tom can give you tips like that to double your pay as a waitress, just imagine what he can do to double your pay in your business. <laughs> Again, Inspector Profit, P R O F I T at Gmail dot com to get in touch get in touch with the legendary Tom Bell. And Tom, we will definitely be talking about the impact event in the coming weeks. Perfect. I appreciate the time, y'all. 
thank you thank so you, much. Tom. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, with another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Remember that April 1st through April 12th, DU is officially on spring break. Woohoo! First break of 2015. All calls are canceled from the 1st through the 12th of April. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.